Hey, hello everybody. This is Observations, yet another edition of the award-winning, that's not true, there's no awards, award-winning Robservation show. I am your host, Rob Liefeld. These are my observations. My name is Rob, hence the Robservations. We're going to get right into it. We have been going down the comic book feuds. I gave you a couple of them, and, uh, and of course, I could not ignore the elephant, maybe 10 elephants in the room of the of the great comic book feud that was Rob Liefeld versus Image Comics. Image Comics versus Rob Liefeld. We set the stage. We went right into it. So I'm just going to set the stage where we left off in part one. Part one, you need to go check that out. Man, that was a doozy. I have uh, literally, uh, I, I guess, been looking forward to telling this story for a long time. That's why I'm doing it with so much gusto, so much enthusiasm, so much excitement. It's so fun. Look, I've gathered... Again, all the receipts, all the publications. I will be reading liberally from the Comics Journal. The Comics Journal, issue 195. It came out. It's cover dated. Um, it, it, it is April 1997. It opens. The Comics Journal opens with a declaration from a joint press release from Image Comics and Rob Liefeld that in February of 1997, the disputes... Uh, the the the, the uh, competing com- the, 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 the lawsuits that were filed the uh, that by image and myself against each other had been settled it had been settled it was over uh, if you listened to the first uh, the first chapter of this delirious podcast and and its recollections and look let me stop you right here this image versus Rob Liefeld thing. It should never have happened. It should never, ever have happened. I, 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 I wanted to slip out and go about my business. I did not desire the conflict that it become, but my leaving was problematic. And as we laid out, as we set the table, uh, the, 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 my pulling of my comic books, Youngblood, Supreme, Newman, Prophet, from the Image Comics label, and putting them into the Maximum Press label. For those of you who are not aware what Maximum Press was, I had started a couple of years prior. It was intended to be my licensing arm, where I did books like uh, Battlestar Galactica, which we did for three years. Really proud of every single one of those Battlestar Galacticas. We single-handedly kind of brought it back. It was um, showing in late-night repeats on the earliest iteration of the Sci-Fi Channel before Sci-Fi Channel was carried really... Um, nationwide, only on a few carriers. I went to Universal. They were so excited that I was going to uh, license Battlestar Galactica. We we paid them $10,000 a year for three years. It was the cheapest license I ever uh, purchased, but they were so thrilled. They then went on and were able to get novelizations and toys uh, as a result of our comic books that we did. And, And we had a great relationship, but like with all relationships, I felt like we had told every story we had to tell. Along the way, we got the late Richard Hatch, who played Apollo. He wrote a storyline. Matt Hawkins and I went to his house. We visited him. Uh, I can go into this in more detail some other time, but the reason I'm bringing it is because out of that comic book deal, I think, I think it was called Apollo's Journey, was the the uh, the miniseries that he wrote for us because he couldn't believe that we had hunted him down and asked him to write a comic book. Um, he then got a novelization deal, and you'll see in that novelization, the Battlestar Galactica novel that he wrote that was published, he thanks both myself and Matt, which was very sweet. We, we loved Richard Hatch. He was a sweet guy. Maximum Press was supposed to be my licensing and then my genre uh, label. I, I, put a, I did a fantasy comic called War Child in there, and uh, we did a book called Evangeline. This was the, the label that launched Evangeline. And here's the deal. Why are you p- bringing your books from image to maximum press the evangeline label the event the maximum press label was on fire evangeline had become our best-selling book image or otherwise uh, evangeline at maximum press was doing better numbers than anything that i was doing at image it was fresh it was new um, i was writing the stories i created evangeline we had a cool crew that was putting out some really good stuff people responded to it very positively in comic books, just like in film and TV. One of my favorite bloggers, um, uh, uh, his name used, his, his code name was El Mayambi. And I love Umberto, but he was under the moniker of El Mayambi. He uh, 
in like 2014 put out this tweet to, that to this day I just go, that's 100% true. It was just summarized so succinctly that heat is something that all the studios uh, follow and Marvel Studios is a heat-seeking missile. And I'm like, that's it. That's why they went after Brie Larson right after she won an Academy Award. That's why they go after people when they get some buzz or some acclaim. Marvel immediately swoops in and garners that heat for themselves. Maximum Press had heat. I, as a publisher, am chasing heat for my characters, for my publications. I had multiple different creative teams. I wanted to see their works uh, put in the best possible light. So I moved them to Maximum Press. This appears in the previews catalog that was in your hands in August of 1996 for products that would arrive in November, okay? Right now, I mentioned this on a, 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 a the earlier first part of this podcast. I am putting out, ironically, just it just lines up perfectly. I am putting out November product. This was when I, this is, this is the end of July. I am putting out November product uh, that will go to a catalog that will be in your hands in August. If you don't get it out in July, it doesn't make it to the August catalog, which comes out at the end, or perhaps it's at the beginning of September, but that product in there is going to come to you in the, in November. Maybe you're going to get that book on Thanksgiving, but it has to go out in July to make it in the catalog that will come out in August that you will receive product from in November. Why is this so important? It is the one absolute damning piece of evidence that I had left image long before there was a face-saving vote to um, to to then excise me. That there, there absolutely are instances where people try and save face and I'm going to resign first. I had left. My chief, Youngblood launched Image Comics. This was seen as a problem. They were upset by it. They found out about it. I read to you. You got to go back. I'm not going to repeat it. You got. I, I read to you the letter that I was. That I received early August. Early August, I received the letter because Todd and the board, as he calls it, the board. Our board was the partners. Myself, I was on the board. They had. Um, he told me that they were pulling the gem of the month from me because I moved those books. The gem of the month is a cool kind of stamp. I believe it's still uh, implemented in the Diamond Catalog to tell you that this kind of comic book is worth your. Uh, extra attention. And we we would always, Top Cow would get a gem, Wildstorm would get a gem, Extreme would get a gem. Okay. Uh, my gem got pulled specifically in the letter that I read. Listen to the first part of this where Todd says, because you pulled your titles and put them in maximum press. So they are aware of this. They're not, they're upset about it. I'm getting minor punitive, you know, uh, uh, actions taken against me. I'm losing, you know, a, a label of gem of the month, a special denotation for a book in, in in the November catalog that had to go out in July that Todd is realizing and writing me a memo that arrives to me August 5th of 1996. My, you know, going, uh, going rogue. I went rogue. I took my books. I left. I put them in maximum press. Um, my biggest selling titles in, in, in the design of building a better all around label. We had some really exciting things. You got to remember that Alan Moore was writing Supreme at this time. This was right at the beginning of Alan Moore Supreme. So I wanted to just get all of this under one house, my own house. I owned it. I ran it. I talked about the scolder in chief uh, that was Mr. McFarland that would tell us all how much better we were doing things and how we should do them the way he wanted to do them. And, and, and we will, I will reread and revisit what he says in the comics journal because this very much underscores how he saw things. And when he would scold us all in the meetings, it, he, this is exactly what he was invoking. Um, he's saying, you know, that he, he says that, uh, and you can hear this is the pages of the comics journal that I'm holding. He says, uh, we, all, we all started off image on the wrong foot. Maybe, maybe we all bit off more than we could chew. A lot of stumbling blocks ahead of us. And uh, for every single one of us uh, did something that we had to recover from. And it was, you know, during this recovery period where each of us said, okay, the answer for me to do is this. He, this is, he's not talking about Mark or anybody else. He's talking about me. This is a, this is a article where Todd McFarlane, 1997, the head of this article is, I don't think he gets it. Todd McFarlane speaks out on Rob Liefeld. 
This is all about me. So uh, he then says, things started to go around the go down the road. A couple of us got veered off the road a little bit. A couple of us? No, it's just me. He's he's not, he, I don't know why he just doesn't say Rob. A couple of us. Okay, he eventually does. You know, in terms of each of us, we've all gone off the road, off the track, and even crashed some roads, but Rob seemed to be intentionally fighting us. As we were saying, no, there's a road over here. Turn the wheel. You know what I mean? Um, and, and then he says, all of a sudden, you start getting into the, which this is him making this up. Oh man, my book isn't doing the best. I've got I've to go do this, this book and get it on track. He's referring to me thinking, my books aren't doing the best. I'm going to move them to maximum press. That's his summation of this. And really, he says, the answer was, you need to take a page out of some other guy's track records and listen to us, okay? Um, but he failed. You know what I mean? And then he talks about, I'm a bad poker player. And, uh, and then he says, you know, uh, he, he basically implies, you know, his way was the way I should have gone down. And I was going down my way and he didn't like my way. And my way in, in, involved, my business involved me putting my books in maximum press. Down here, the guy asked him about maximum press. It's on page two early on. And he says, maximum press exists so that Rob can always say, I'm pulling my books. I'm going to maximum press. Fuck you guys. You know what I mean? And it was like, whatever. And, and, and then he says, and the most business, and in, and the answer is most real businesses, you can't do this. I think it's against the law to tell you the truth in California. I think it is against the law. I, this is bat batty stuff that he's saying. Um, he says somewhere down the line, when we knew he was going to do that, we should have put our foot down. But again, we knew the war was going to be coming. Okay, so he's talking in past tense. But what's he talking about? He's talking about Maximum Press. He's specifically naming Maximum Press. He says, Rob would always say, that'll be the day I let this fucking partner, these are Todd's words, tell me what to do. He was the very first guy to ever threaten to leave. As I've told you, I, had, I gave Larry Martyr, the publisher of Image that we had all hired to serve our purposes. I had given him my resignation letter so that he... um. That, that, that he would, uh, you know, have it. And um, Mr. Mr. Uh, Mr. Martyr implored for me to not act on that. And to just, he always said, stay with us, stay with us. We'll make things better. I just kind of had had enough. Why did I leave to go do image? To get my own freedom, to do whatever I wanted. Not to be in conjunction with, with anyone else. If, 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 you know, um, if, if you wanted to make every page in your comic book glow in the dark, uh, that, that was up to you. If, if you wanted to do a comic book of all nude women in Image Comics, uh, that was all up to you. We didn't get to have a say in each other's stuff. That was not um, the purpose. And uh, I wanted and received my, free, my freedom. And... Uh, the, uh, the freedom that I got was that after kind of going down this road with image, I felt that I should go do my books at Maximum Press, which I did. Now, I also shared with you the list that, that in October of 1994, just two months shy in 1995 when all this gets crazy, and all of 1995, I am negotiating the Heroes Reborn contract, Okay. In October 1994, Extreme Studios had the number two family of books behind the X-Men, ahead of Spider-Man, ahead of Batman, ahead of Wildstorm, with only 13 comics, okay? The Spider-Man family had 16 comics. I read all of this. I'm, I'm sharing it in the notes. This is not something I'm manufacturing. This is something that I am reading from the catalog that was printed from Diamond that says this family of books outsells this family books. They ranked the families. X-Men had 25 books in October or the month they compiled it. I had 13. I was number two. Spider-Man had 16 and they were number three. I think Batman had 10 and they were number four. So the extreme line of books was doing very well. So I, I take umbrage, great word, with, with the idea that I wasn't running my business well. I was. Also, uh, you know, by, by moving my books to Maximum Press, I was removing fees that were paid into the image office. That really wasn't the reason to move. Those fees, it, it, when you're running a big publishing company, you just kind of understood it. The fees were negligible to me. I, I understood they came out. They've been coming out for years. They were not important. $3,000 uh, from each title was what the image partners were to pay in. 
And, and again, if I'm off by a thousand and it's two or it's four, whatever, it's right there in the ballpark. I just, I remember going with 20 books, I'm paying in about $50,000 a month. So maybe that's $2,500 a book. If it's 3,000, it's 60,000. If it's 2,000 a book, it's 40,000 because eventually we got up to 20 books a month. And so we're paying a lot into the image office. We are keeping that office running alongside Jim Lee's office, who was doing about 10 to 12 books. We were the biggest suppliers. Then it would be Top Cow. Then it would be Larson and Valentino. And it would be Todd. Todd actually contributed the least amount of books during this period, two to three to four books. The reason you need to know this is because he wasn't paying a lot into the overall running of the company. In, in, in truth... Certain months, Jim and I were completely taking care of everyone's salaries, the overhead. Um, and, and, and when Todd was just doing two books a month, maybe it was Spawn and a Spawn mini series. So, you know, Rob is producing more books, therefore I'm paying more in. But again, I was expressly told at that time between $65,000, $70,000 a month, maybe it was more. This was the number that I was given that they absolutely had to have every month to, to pay all the salaries in the image office. That's how we all paid into the unit. If you were like a Mike Grell and you did Shaman's Tears, you paid slightly more. The partners paid less than the um, non-partner books. That, that was an absolute fact. But by me moving my books to maximum press, by having them in the catalog, by making that move, that was seen as an aggressive move. It pissed them off. They called me to have me go on record. After this fax from Todd, there was the call. And the call was, will you bring your books back? I said, no. Then the call was disconnected. Was it hung up on? I don't know. It was disconnected. When I tried to call back and jump on the line, I was not able to. In real time, I was driving to Jeff Loeb's house in Malibu that evening. He said, I got to the door. He said, how's it going? I said, well, I was on a call with the Image Partners it's late afternoon going out to Malibu. Uh, and, and Jeff had gotten a cool beach house that I was going to visit. And I said, I think uh, I think my partners are really angry with me. And, you know, there's probably no turning back at this point. Again, I just wanted to go away. The next thing I know, I am being told that um, I will be formally removed as a partner if I do not put my books back. Again, I say, that's fine. See, my business was doing great. Extreme was bringing in a healthy sum of money. The Heroes Reborn contract, as we have covered, and I have it right here, um, was very, um, a very, what you would call a very generous, some would call it a rich deal. Jim and I had negotiated a very good deal that, that covered our, you know, our overhead for the books, our talent, um, all the different individual, uh, all of the individual, you know, uh, efforts and chores and 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 work that went into making those books. So the revenue streams were cranking, okay. And I think what was going on was they go, we can't. This this guy's gone crazy. Todd continues to talk in this comic journal interview that I went off the road, that I've gone off the cliff. It, what that means is, and allow me to pivot. Because this is how I've always seen this. I mentioned this in the Mike Turner versus Top Cow episode. And and, and really, this is the most I've ever experienced it in comics. I, I, I talked about how The Apprentice uh, always wants to, um, you know, outdo the master. And, and sometimes the master will let you go and say, fly, take your wings and fly. And other times the master will go, no, I want to defeat you. You're not leaving this dojo. You know, you've seen good sensei, bad sensei, you know, whether it's the Star Wars franchise or it's the Karate Kid franchise, okay? It's it's uh, it's it's the good teacher and the bad teacher. And, and those who will let you go and fly are those who want an iron grip around you. In that instance, I told you that biblically, my dad was a minister and I was always very enamored with the... Uh, the role of Saul and David. David killed Goliath. He saved Israel when no one else would step up. He killed this giant menacing warrior. He gave, you know, as a result, the Philistines no longer were threatening to the Israelites. King Saul, you know, bring was able to breathe a big sigh of relief because now the Philistines were off his, 
you know, were off his jock because he obviously had this giant warrior. This They believed David was blessed by God and so did all the other warring nations. And uh, the, 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 the parades that they were having, the cheers down the streets of Jerusalem, this is straight out of judges, I mean, uh, uh, kings. Uh, this was um, Samuel, kings, all of the books that covered David and, and, and Saul. Um, the, the, the cheers for Saul were not as great as the cheers for David, and this bothered uh, Saul drove him crazy. It says it drove him mad. He couldn't believe that his this young warrior was being cheered and praised and was thrown more flowers, you know, and sang better songs. You know, they sang they sang louder for David when he came down the streets. So my real life uh, view of this would come after this, you know, conflict with image and specifically Todd. Shaq and Kobe broke up. They, the Lakers were at a really difficult place with the two greatest kind of stars in the NBA, arguably one of the best duos that ever did it. You know, I'm a giant basketball head. I'm a giant sporto. And uh, that, I, I curled up in a ball for two days and couldn't talk when everything that everyone knew was coming happened. Shaq and Kobe had gone as far as they could. They, they, they lost an embarrassing championship match that they should have won, quite frankly, to the Detroit Pistons, but they weren't mentally into it. We had one minor injury. We still should have won. The Lakers should have won that series, but the Detroit was locked in. They hit their shots. They worked as a unit. The Lakers did not. The Lakers, quite frankly, deserved to lose. You know, Detroit outplayed them. That's how it happens. Somebody gets more buckets than you, they win. Shaq immediately uh, demanded a trade. Wanted out at the presser after the game five where they lost. He he was very dismissive of his future with the Lakers. Jerry Bush had a decision to make. Everyone knew he was going to make Kobe. I knew he was going to make Kobe. Kobe was beloved, adored. Kobe had a killer work ethic. Kobe produced. He showed up in the gym. He put in the hours. Kobe Shaq relied on his size and his stature and the fact that he made everybody else laugh. Right before that season, right before the 2003-2004 season, I was at a Shaq charity uh, event in in down in Santa Monica that he that he ran, the Shacktacular, the Shacktacular, a guy who was really coming up on the LA sports scene named Jay Adonde. He'd go on to be on ESPN and and you know all those different shows they did. And now Jay works at a college. I saw him at a at a Shake Shack in in Chicago at the last you know C two E two. And I looked on his Twitter profile that he, he's he's a professor you know teaching in Illinois in Chicago. And, uh, but man, what a, what a brilliant writer, what a great personality, but he had several years where he was a hardcore journalist, journalist and, uh, and for the LA times. And he was covering the Lakers. He was, um, waiting in line behind a kind of mid-sized chain link fence that they had put around Shaq's, uh, motorhome. And the, the, the Kobe Bryant had been charged with the, uh, the, 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 the Denver rape charge had, had had was starting to play out. They had charged him and that was moving forward. So of course everyone was going to ask Shaq because training camp was was right around the corner. It's early fall that the Shaqtaculars happening in the summer of 2003. I see Jay Adonde leaning up against the chain link fence, getting ready to go in. The the Orange County Register guy had already gone in to get his 10-15 minutes with Shaq. I wandered up and I asked Adonde, what he thought about the coming season, the the implications of the rape trial for on Kobe, what, you know, championship aspirations. And Adonde told me, you know, look, when it got to Shaq, everybody loves Shaq. Shaq makes people laugh. Shaq's the better personality. Kobe, he said, maybe the better player, maybe the more skilled player, but Shaq is the like more likable guy. And that's where, and I got to be honest, Shaq knew it. He was a big, lovable, funny giant. But the thing about Shaq that he would say time and time and time again, he didn't understand why Kobe didn't do things his way. And he called Kobe, and here it is, little buddy, little buddy, little buddy. Todd McFarlane with Rob Liefeld had little buddy syndrome. I was his little buddy. He would call me, oh, my little buddy. Oh, my, my little buddy, Rob. Rob was like my little buddy. And when Shaq would start calling Kobe, I had like, you know, flashbacks. That's like slasher film music that I just did. And I'm like, wait, little buddy. 
And, uh, oh, little buddy, little buddy. Uh, I'm not your little buddy. I am a accomplished, uh, you know, creator, businessman, cartoonist, artist in my own right. This is going back. This is how I felt back then. Um, I have literally nothing to prove. And, and if you'll allow me this pivot, of course, you've heard me say this on the air several times during this podcast. I live a blessed life. I married an amazing woman who I love with all my heart and soul. And we have been together 26 years and we have uh, raised three amazing children who are the loves of my life. Uh, I draw comics. Sometimes if you're in my house, you'll hear me scream out, I love drawing comic books. I drew a Snake Eyes uh, miniseries because I love G.I. Joe. I love Snake Eyes. I got to ring that bell. It's like 130 pages I did last year. I did a Shield one-shot. It was meant for to be something more, but it ended up kind of being like an annual, like one of those Art Adams annuals I, I told you that I always dug. It's like a one-shot. It's fun. It expanded the awareness of the character. I feel like I, I, I set out to do what, what I wanted to do. Um, I'm currently doing an X-Force 30th anniversary issue that's coming out in November, um, which all the stuff had to be prepared in August, for the in, in July, for the catalog that you're going to hold your, in your hands in August. Okay, and the product will ship in November. I am a blessed guy. I've had a long career. I'm ex- I, I've seen my characters become cartoons, become video games, become live action, blockbuster films. I have shelves and shelves of merchandise that I have had made from my creations since 1991. 30 years of this stuff. It has been a blast. I have the second best-selling comic book of all time. I am living a blessed life, a blessed career. But back then... This kind of just scolder in chief mentality. This you should do it like me is Shaq to Kobe. You should, you know, you need to pass the ball. You need to do this. You need to do this. Kobe would ultimately show, I will win championships without you. I will do this my way. And Kobe, Kobe's way and Shaq's way were different ways. And they ultimately couldn't exist anymore. And with Todd and myself and the image guys, I felt the same. So when I had put my books in Maximum Press, I had left. I had exited. I was removing my books. It's in the catalog. You can order them away from Image at my own label, Maximum Press. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. The hostility, the year-long hostility that had gone into um, Heroes Reborn. Let's revisit that because we can't read that too often. Um, again, if you ask about Todd and his position on Heroes Reborn, as I said, uh, in and I, I love that I can... Source this from State Press Magazine. Todd McFarlane gave an interview where he said, I don't care how these guys want to spin doctor it. It says here above this, this caused further, Heroes Reborn caused further problems with the image partners. McFarlane becoming the most vocal. I don't care how these guys want to spin doctor it. It's always amusing to me. First Robin, first Robin Jim went and did the Marvel Heroes Reborn while we grew up with these characters, we loved them, and what a bunch of crap. The reason they went and made a deal with Marvel was that they got a ton of cash. End of conversation. Finito. Finito. Rob Liefeld did what he did. God bless him. Jim Lee did what he did. God bless him. They're my competition now. Interesting. What a fun partnership. They're my competition now. And what do you do to your competition? You try and take them out, especially if your name's Todd McFarlane. You try and take them out. Isn't it interesting this all came down right before Heroes Reborn was going to launch? So they have a phone call. They tell me if I don't bring these books back, I'm going to be let go. I say, I ain't bringing my books back. That's not going to happen. And so they say, we're going to start this procedure. Well, at that point, I have shares in the company. I have all this stuff. I have to consult a lawyer. Damn it. I just wanted to walk away. I just wanted to quietly exit. And uh, and Todd also in this Comics Journal interview as I cover in, in issue one... Co- there was indeed an accountant that overpaid every single partner. I was one of them. We all got overpaid. That's why he was no longer the accountant. He was removed. We all negotiated a uh, means with which to pay back the money to the central office. And it was a percentage of the checks were taken out every month from everybody. He famously does not mention that the other partners were also overpaid. He just wants to focus that I was overpaid. And, uh, you know, I mean, this really, Todd's interview with me gets really personal. It gets really ugly. Um, And, uh, and again, when they ask him about Heroes Reborn, he he kind of just pisses on it in this interview as well. And uh, he then says, the only way that I will ever, you know, 
get better as if I hit rock bottom. Famously, again, the, the, the interviewer, Greg Stump, says, do you think Liefeld will be remorseful about how everything turned out? Mind you, there's a settlement. There's a settlement. We've, we've settled before Todd gives this information. Why does Todd give this interview? He gave this interview in March of 1996. In my interview, Comics Journal admits that they let me see Todd's interview before I gave mine. It's in the, it's, it's, if you bought this that month, if you bought Comics Journal 195, you will read right there. So it's no surprise that I was able to read Todd's interview. They gave it, they, they basically said, wow, he goes off on you. Would you like to, it's just like on a 60 minutes. Would you like to watch this tape? It's, it's, it's like on the, the, the last dance with Michael Jordan, when they're showing Michael, what Gary Payton said about him for him to then react to, or they're showing Isaiah Thomas, what Michael Jordan said about him. They're gotchas. They're, they're, they're an attempt to get a gotcha. When, when he asks about remorse, because we're, we're settled. We're settled. There's no, more, there's no more anything here when Todd gives this interview. So, so why is he doing it? Because he can't get me out of his head. The guy says he's going to be remorse. I don't think he gets it. A drunk has to admit he's an alcoholic before he takes the first step to redemption. He doesn't even think that he drinks. He doesn't think he's done anything wrong. He can justify everything he's ever done. Uh, yeah. And then he talks about how I'll have to hit rock bottom. <clears throat> really ugly, really unnecessary, really sad. Now, I give an interview to the Comics Journal at the same time. And my where, where Todd's headline is, I don't think he gets it. Mine was, I feel like I had a fun ride. Rob Liefeld and his career in comics and the accompanying controversies. Controversies, okay? So, uh, the, uh, the interview um, when when that starts with the interviewer saying to me, "Are you ready for this lynching?" and it says it says Rob Liefeld, yes, laughter, and uh, he asked me how old I am. I at the time of this interview, I'm 28, and then uh, he talks to me briefly about my work. But I'm I'm reading this to you because uh, uh, they uh, in here it talks about you know when when's the last time you talked to Todd and I, I said when you guys gave me the interview uh, that Todd did in March that you guys are going to run al alongside this. So so this is, uh, you know, um, I my tenor in this uh, um, is a certain way and I'll tell you why. Jeff Loeb said, Rob, they're, they're throwing rocks at you from the street they want you to come out. They want to have a street fight. Jeff Loeb grew up in New York, grew up in the streets and East Coast and said, Rob, what, what Image is doing is they're throwing rocks at you. They want to come out. They want you to have a street fight. They want you to slip up. They want you to say something that you'll regret. And Jeff coached me on how to give this interview. It was the best coaching I was ever given in my entire life. Jeff Loeb had been contacted prior to us moving forward on Awesome Comics by Todd. And Jeff has always said to me, I don't know how you talk to that guy ever again. Because in the conversation that Jeff Loeb and Todd McFarlane had, Jeff has informed me his recollection of this. And he has been consistent over 26, 24 years. Todd said, I want Rob ruined. I want him on the street. I want him devastated. He asked Jeff what he could give Jeff so that Jeff would no longer work with me because he wanted to take as many pieces away from me. This this is the energy this guy was putting into this. These are the calls that Todd is making. In in uh when 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 they all decided, well, we're gonna go down this legal road, I'll have you know I sat on my couch at my house. I called Jim Lee. I, I talked to Jim Lee. I, I said to Jim, Jim, I don't want to have this fight with you. I'm just gonna resign. Jim said, I, I think it's for the best. I called Eric Larson, who was just under Todd in terms of just hostility towards me at the time, which I'm not really sure why, but he was worked up. And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to just resign so we can just avoid a fight. And he said, yeah, it's probably for the best. Called Valentino, called Todd three times. They said he couldn't take my call. And, uh, they said he'd call me back. Todd avoided speaking to me. Uh, I won, I, I called Todd from Matt Hawkins office once just to, if someone else would hear that, uh, that the receptionist at McFarland would pick up and say, I'm sorry, he can't speak at the time he's in the meeting. And I said, yeah, just tell him Rob Liefeld called. Todd says that he hadn't talked to me since the notorious phone call. Um, and uh, so the thing is, um, the uh, 
<laughs> when this, uh, um, when 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 we we are talking about the image uh, settlement here with the interviewer, his name is Hart Fisher. He uh, he says, uh, Todd. The, the interviewer says, Todd is pissed as a raving monkey. Okay, that's the interviewer. I'm reading you from the comics journal. Pissed as a raving monkey. And I said, it's over. As far as I'm concerned, it's behind us and we've moved on. This is word for word. Image and ourselves, those documents have been filed for over two months. It's well in the past. I understand that this is interesting to a lot of people out there. And I assume a lot of it is public record. I assume that there's stuff that you can go and search out. And other image guys, they are available to talk about it. I'm just glad to put it all behind me. Hart Fisher said, do you feel bad? Do you feel like you've lost friends? And I said, no, 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 no. And then I said, some of these guys, no, no. No, I don't. Um, I said, Hart, you don't want to hear my sad songs. This is in my interview. And Fisher says, sure I do. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Hart's a very uh, big personality himself. Hart said, sure I do. And I said, look, I don't want to hear my sad songs. This is reading directly from this. I believe in moving on. I, I think that might makes right. And I've been on that side when I've had the might, and I understand that it can be abused. And I think that image is bigger and whatever they're going to say is what's right because they have the might and there's more of them. And as far as I'm concerned, they can say whatever they like. Uh, I have a great deal of respect. I'd say for a majority of them, I do. Um, Todd, to me, was always a ticking time bomb. This is, I'm reading this. And you don't feel you need to put your side of the story out with all these accusations. And I say, I do not. I, I think it's boring. I think it's dull. All it would be would be would come off as a conspiracy. You have their side and my side. If it was just you and me hanging out in my house, sure, I'd probably talk to you about it. But this is an interview, and it's on the record. And Hart says, the Nixon tapes are rolling. I said, I'll get out of here. Hart Fisher laughs, it says. It's nothing like that. I just think that, like I said, I don't want to whine. I'm not a whiner. It's over. Um, he said, was the settlement to your satisfaction? I said, I wouldn't have settled. This is word for word. I wouldn't have settled unless I felt that I had something to gain from it. Did you feel you were kind of trapped? Oh, no, not at all. I would not. Look, of the guys at Image, there were some guys that were just going along with the ride on this lawsuit who have told me they were forced into the position they were forced. This is true. Um, Jim Valentino, I will tell you now, that is Jim Valentino, what he told me at the time. That's fine. I understand. It gets back to what I'm telling you. Might makes right. Image has the might. Um, and I said, uh, look, um, I told Image when I needed to move on. And 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 here's the deal. Now I'm going to segue out of the, 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 the interview because that's kind of boring and dull. To, when, when my... Uh, when my... Uh, when my... Attorney... Which you have to get an attorney. You have to separate. There's bylaws and legal schmeagle. And my attorney spoke directly to Todd McFarlane in person at a meeting. And he said, wow, is that guy pissed? Because Todd said, we are not going to let Rob leave. He cannot just leave Image. We won't let him. That implies we're going to extract something from him. We are going to have our due. He doesn't just get to walk away clean. And I didn't. And and that's why we have this awesome episode of Comic Book Feuds. And uh, so, so uh, you know, I just feel like that the... the, the the, the thing that you need to know is so then, you know, I get a call. I get a call after after this is now going to become a legal matter. And Larry Martyr calls to tell me. I'm going to tell you two key things that resolve this. And, and then we'll, we'll just get behind this and we can file this under the comic book feud. Obviously, we can't, I, I can't cover any further than I have that Todd was very angry. Very angry. Shaquille O'Neal, little buddy. The little buddy uh, uh, syndrome. Look, man, I just want to draw comics. I just want to do my thing. I want to create characters, make worlds, tell stories, okay? Uh, that, that, that's, that's my... Uh, ironically, I've, I've, while I will mention money to you, and sometimes I use money as a shield in regards to, you know, that, that in fact, when the accusations, well, he was running a bad business, I would look at the, that and, and think that that was running a good business, uh, the way that we were doing things. And, and my path was different. And again, the extreme family of titles was, was ridiculously successful, and that's off a chart I didn't make and I didn't control. I just read it on my last podcast. I'll, I'll, it's in the news and notes. As you listen to this, you can go check that out. I took a photo of it. That's what you're going to be looking at. The, uh, 
the thing is, uh, there's two huge instances that occurred. Maybe, I, I guess three. The, 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 the number one was Larry Martyr called after the decision was made that, that, that I'm going to be formally removed from the company and they're going to put out a press release and we voted him out, blah, blah, blah. So I have to prepare a formal resignation, even though I had already removed my books from the company and put them in maximum press in the aforementioned catalog that had to have stuff in it in July to be out in August to bring you product in November. I'm going to keep hitting that on the nose. It's the thing that that they they love to look past. It's the it's the time capsule of all of this. So and I love to bring it up. It's fantastic to me. Again, when when Jim Valentino was creating this this timeline for his image book. I go, this is going to go in there, right? And and I sent it to to Image uh, and, and, and copied Eric Larson, er, uh, Eric Stevenson, who's the publisher and a partner. And Eric goes, well, this kind of clears this up. The dates don't lie. There they are. They're right there. Eric was there. Eric was my, uh, one of my, my, my de facto editor-in-chief at Extreme, you know, edited three to four years worth of books, edited all of the Alan Moore Supremes. Just what a classy standout, amazing guy. And he's kicking all sorts of ass at Image Comics right now as a uh, as a partner and as a publisher and is really guiding them to even greater success but you know the catalog the timing i removed my books i went rogue i i set them off and 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 again according to my attorney who was very shook he he thought this was going to be a nice kind of uh you know exit strategy we aren't going to let him leave he is not going to be allowed to walk away hence um, you know, we're going to smear his ass and, and, and the best efforts were put out there. And I'm so thankful that they did not take and, and whatever damage was short term. But Larry Martyr calls me and says, we're holding the money for the, uh, recent books. Those recent books was Wolverine Bad Rock, which was a, a prestige format, like a dark Knight format, like a Greenbow longbow hunters, the Blackhawks with, uh, that Howard Chaykin did. It was a nicer, higher expensive, but it, it had made quite a bit of money. Basically a couple weeks worth of billables. The books had gone out. They'd, they'd sold. They'd been out that summer. Diamond had paid out on them and had given those funds to Image for Image to disperse, which is what we always did. Larry said, those monies aren't coming to you. We're holding that. In, in fact, we're freezing it. I said, I get it. I said, I get it, Larry, game on. So now they're freezing my cash flow. I am no longer going to receive money from those books. And here is the Hail Mary that uh, that was very much uh, upsetting to the image guys, specifically Todd. And I will tell you why. Because the man who has owned Diamond Distributors, Steve Jeppe, uh, for the last forever, for 30 plus, 40 years, Diamond Distribution is owned by Steve Jeppe. Steve Jeppe liked me. I drew a cover to his hero. Hero. Uh, he had a he had a wizard style rival kind of magazine that covered the comic book industry, and I did a cover for him. And he asked me to keep that cover, and I said, "Of course, sir, you can keep this cover." It was Captain America and Bucky. It's it's one of my favorite pieces I did from the Heroes Reborn Press and publications at all. It's the two of them leaping over a roof. It's really nice. I told Steve. Prior to all this, in the summer, when we did this interview, I said, go ahead and keep it. Well, I don't know if that factored in. Steve is a really wonderful and nice guy. And Steve is also a good businessman. There's there's this you know, evaluation in the comics journal per Todd, who is a good businessman, who's not. Well, I can assure you, Steve Jeppe is a good businessman. Knowing now that my money is being frozen, whatever else I put out, if I put a book out that Friday with the image logo on it, and I fulfill an image order, then, then that money is going to go to Image and they're not going to give it to me. So now everything I do is going to be fro uh, put into a frozen pipeline. I call Steve Jeppe and I said, Steve, this is what's going on with myself and Image Comics. I want to, the books that I'm sending out this Friday, I want to shift to Maximum Press. They will, I want to take those numbers that were ordered through Image and I want to print those books with those numbers, but put maximum press on them so that they will be just like Evangeline and War Child and the Battlestar Galactica books that we're doing. But and, 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 and then the payables will be paid to maximum press. This was a bit of a twist. It's the reason I did not crater. It is the reason I was not resoundly defeated, which was the purpose. It is, oh, the egg on the face of Larry and all of those guys when they did this. This was the big wrinkle. 
because did they howl? Apparently, Todd McFarlane called Steve Jeppe personally to tell him that he could not and should not be doing that. But Todd was not the decider. Steve Jeppe was the godfather in this situation. Whatever comes through the pipelines and gets to the comic book stores and whatever label is put on them is his to give the thumbs up or the thumbs down. He is in the royal suite making the, you know, let him live, let him die with that thumb. I got the thumbs up. And Steve Jeppe called me. He says, ho, 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 Rob. Boy, are your partners pissed. Boy, are they angry. Because I told them I'm going to let you go ahead and do this. That's why the Cable Profit team-up has a maximum less maximum press logo on it. That's why the, 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 the rest of my Marvel image extreme crossovers went through maximum press. That's why the next Youngbloods and the Supremes all immediately went through maximum press. Steve Jeppe likes to get paid just as much as the next guy. The distributor makes money when the books go in and go out. If I cut off a pipeline of 20 comics... That's a lot of scratch for the distributor as much as it is for me. He said, sure, I'll let you. It's, it's, it, those, those are owned. Now, had Image owned any of my characters, this would not have been possible. But I was able to do this. Steve Jeppe, ballsy, awesome move. Completely cock-blocked the Image initiative. Said, go ahead. And you guys had, was I ever uh, forward-thinking in coming up with an alternative label. An alternative label. Maximum Press came to save the day. Youngblood, Supreme, Profit. They all went out with Maximum Press logos instead of Image. My company now had cash flow. My people could get paid. We could continue our path forward. Image was furious. Todd was furious. Steve Jeppe told me so. But Steve Jeppe didn't hang it over my head. He didn't act like I owed him a favor. He said, no, Rob, I've, I've made my decision. It's final. I informed Image. They're very upset with me. Todd McFarlane, uh, in particular, is very upset with me. So, boom, we move forward. We can continue to go forward. And we did. So, but now we've got these lawsuits. Because I've sued them and to, to get that money they've frozen. And they're suing me because they claim I owe them all this alleged alleged, they claim, alleged, even the reporter when he's talking to Todd, alleged, claimed, whatever. So we got a big uh, powwow, a big kind of, you know, meeting where we're going to huddle together and, and see if we can come out with a settlement. This happens in the end of 1996. And uh, my attorney is asked to come down to the La Jolla uh, the, the law offices of the attorney that Jim Lee has that is representing Image Comics, his interests. Larry Martyr accompanies him. Uh, my sister, who had been doing my business affairs since Extreme started, was with, in the car with me, and we were driving down in my attorney's uh, vehicle. We pull up, we go in, we get on... The three of them are on one side of the table. The three of us are on the other side. It's me, it's my sister Sherry, and it's my attorney. It's their attorney, Larry Martyr, and Jim. Jim has been given proxy, he lets us know. On behalf of all the owners, I have been given proxy to speak. I will never forget this meeting. This is the craziest meeting. This is why you listen to this podcast. Because <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. What are we going to do? You know, how are we going it, it, it to... It was understood that there would be a sort of meeting of the minds. Uh, 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 something would be resolved. And uh, so Jim greets us and he's very uh, calm and Jim has a very, he's, he's very calm, very at peace. And he, uh, they go, we go over some outstanding bills. He basically says, I have an outstanding bill to the printer for a book that was done through Image for $8,000. He, uh, he then turns and asks his attorney and Larry Martyr to leave. But we can stay. My attorney, my sister, and I can stay. And it seemed like the attorney was in on it. Larry was not... Larry's like, what are you talking about? Well, 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 certainly. Are you sure? Are you sure? I love you, Larry. This is how it went down. Larry left the building. Larry left the, the room, not the building. He left the room. It's just Jim. Jim said, uh, 
you pay this bill and uh, we're square. Deal's over, we're settled. Um, we will view this matter as behind us. Would you agree to that? Will you release your claim? We'll release our claim. We can both move on. And I said, I looked at my sister, she's stunned. I looked at my attorney, he's stunned. What? Jim Lee goes, does that, that, that work? He uh, gets the phone, dials up the printer, hands the phone over to me. The printer, a wonderful man who has since passed, named Gabriel Soros, says, uh, hey, Rob, got a bit of a French-Canadian accent. So I understand you're going to take care of this bill. I said, yes, take care of it. Okay, and uh, then we're good. And uh, made that commitment right there. Made sure I issued payment to that bill later that afternoon. Uh, Jim extended his hand to us and said, we're done. This is closed. He then opened the, do the door and called his attorney and Larry Martyr in. He then informed Larry that the matter was settled. I was paying a printing bill and we were putting this behind us. Larry got a little flustered. He got a little flustered. Well, I, I'm, I'm not sure that, that I'm not sure this is going to go over. And Jim said, I was given proxy. Jim gets forceful. I was given proxy. I have never heard anyone say I've been given proxy before. So I was watching this. I'm standing on the other end of the room with my sister and my attorney because we're wondering, is this going to work out? The attorney is just calm. I believe he saw this coming. This was pre-planned. And Jim said, this is how it's going to be. And Larry says, I don't think the others are going to be, you know, happy with this. And Jim says, it's settled. I was given proxy. I represent everyone at this table today. This matter is settled. And Larry goes, all right, I don't think everyone's going to be happy about this. We got out of there as fast as we could. The attorney said, we'll talk, we'll talk, we'll figure this out. That's how it ended, folks. That is how the big, all the headlines, all the imbroglio, that's why you got a joint press release in February. And this was settled. And from what I understand, and of course we all have friends in different places, uh, heads blew up following that call. Jim pulled what was in his best interests because Jim Lee was selling Wildstorm. He was in the process in 19, late 96, early 97 of taking offers. He wanted out. The insanity had done him in. He wanted his freedom too. The scolder in chief can only go so far. Holy shit. That stuff gets to you. Jim, with all his success, was ready to move on. And he was shopping his deal around. Why do I know this? Because I am, if you've dr driven to La Jolla, you've driven to San Diego, you come by the big nuclear power plant. Everyone knows it as the big boobs. Looks like two big giant breasts right there settled on the precipice of the ocean. It's the uh, nuclear power plant. It was right about then that I got a call. There, there was there was mobiles. I assure you, there were mobiles. We got our, our now a mobile phone back then had a big giant cord in the car. <laughs> you know, you, it was like part of your car in the same way that your ro rotary phone was part of your wall. And we got a call from a gentleman who was appraised of all this and says, "You want to know why all, all that went down? Because Jim is shopping, and." They won't buy while he has a lawsuit, um, an outstanding lawsuit. Uh, now, now, I will tell you that when Marvel files bankruptcy, and that's an upcoming episode, I've got all those papers. I've got also my my dear valued customer, because um, I was a customer, because I was a contracted player that Marvel sent to me. When Marvel came and said, "Hey, we are um, not going to, we want to restructure this deal now that we're in bankruptcy with Heroes Reborn," and I said, "Okay, that's fine." You guys can go ahead and do whatever you want. I'm leaving. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't walk out on Marvel. They called me up and wanted to restructure because they were in a bankruptcy. They wanted to offer me different terms. I, I said, I, I'm done. I, I did my six stories. I'm done. I've covered this in depth in The Heroes Reborn. Jim did cite, had you not sued me, I would not have taken these books on and, and, and finished the back six. But but it really bothered that, that I was named in that lawsuit. So that was personal. But that lawsuit created problems, this image lawsuit, and Jim needed it off the books. He got the guys to give him proxies so that they all wouldn't have to fly in and we didn't all have to look at each other. And he spoke on behalf of the company and it was over that morning. It wasn't even noon. It was that morning. This was done. This was settled. 
There would be no more image versus Rob Liefeld. We were free to move on with our lives. I paid a printing bill. Everything else was done, was over. Business as usual, return to your corners. Everybody had lives to lives to live. But then in March, Todd gives this interview. You know, the press release came out in February. The settlement was done in January. And in April, we're reading this uh, th this interview. And, and in it is where all the crazy fireworks uh, came out. And, and again, you know, uh, again, um, I think it's right here. Uh, oh, where, where does it say? Uh, da, 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 da. I just read, I, uh, uh, I asked Hart if he was interviewing Todd and he says, no, I haven't talked to Todd. I just read the interview that the comics journal did with him. And he, he said, it's going to run alongside yours. And this is, and it says in Todd's interview that they spoke in March. I, I, in, in Todd's interview, the, the attorney says, you know, we sold, we spoke with, with, with Todd in, in March about everything that was going down. So the image comics uh, feud was personal. It, it felt more personal from Todd than it did anybody else. If it was personal from Jim Lee, he'd have stuck it to me in his best way that he could have, um, uh, at that meeting that day. But the, the, the kind of, that was a move he had in the arsenal that nobody saw coming when he settled the matter. And, 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 uh, Larry was very flustered and, and was going to report to the other owners and they wouldn't be happy. And apparently they weren't. And that's why you get this angry interview. Um, and it sucks and it's ugly. And, and I wish it hadn't happened because I just wanted to do my own thing. And, and, and I could have been able to do my own thing quietly, but there were ramifications and there were fallouts. And because God has a sense of humor, Joseph Loeb, the third called me, uh, in 1998, before anyone else knew, to inform me that Jim Lee had sold Wildstorm to DC Comics, but the other image guys didn't know yet. I called Eric Larson. I wanted Eric to be the guy that would tell everybody else. Eric picked up. It was about 10, 10.30 in the morning, and I said, Eric Larson, did you know that Jim Lee has sold Wildstorm to DC Comics? He goes, no, he hasn't. And I said, it's done. It's a done deal. It's over. He's gone out of image. There was quiet. And Eric said, uh, are you serious? I said, it's a fact. I got to call you back. And uh, Jim was gone. Jim was gone the next year. It just took a little longer for his deal to close and he's gone. And that early image comics, that early surge, those first couple years are some of the most exciting times in comics, period. I celebrate it. I cherish every memory of what we were doing together and all the fun. I don't know when it went wrong. I didn't know why some of us needed to be little buddies. Oh, little buddy. Little buddy. Um, comply, comply. Do what I do. Drive the car the way I want you to drive it. Um, I go my own way. If if I hit a bump along the way, I hit a bump along the way. If, uh, if a company I'm working for files bankruptcy along the way, I, I can't control that. I just pivot and go. Um, if I hadn't left... Uh, Image Comics, I would not have gone into business with Jeff Loeb, who made me smarter, who made me stronger, uh, who really uh, uh, poured so much knowledge into me and was the perfect guy. They say, you know, when the apprentice is ready, the master will appear. My master appeared. That business comic book master, I have nothing but so much love and respect for Jeff uh, and all that he taught me. He claims that I taught him some stuff along the way. I, I guess I taught him about printing procedures. Um but, uh, you know, uh, and, and the ir irony of all this is along the way, Todd has an uncle. Everybody called him Uncle Kenny, Ken McFarlane. He ran a business called SG, SCG, Studio Color Group. He did your pre-press. We sent our books to him to get final files made to go to the printer. Everybody did. He, Uncle Kenny did all the spawn files too. The entire time I'm being told I'm a bad businessman, I'm a crook, I'm a liar. You know who was in business with me that entire time? Ken McFarlane. I have a letter right here, May of 1997, uh, outlining uh, all of the uh, business that we're going to do together. Uh, at, at, it, it's outlining that Extreme Studios will now operate as Maximum Press. 
and that we are going to pay him $2,100 per 32-page comic stripped. Stripped is is the is the film. It's a term for for getting the film ready to get it press press ready to to print. And uh, you know it, it goes over all of the different um, uh, uh, fees that we're going to print. Pl- uh, pay him at the end. There is a signature from Ken McFarlane, SCG Studio Color Group, and uh, and and Rob Liefeld, Extreme Studios slash Maximum Press from April of 1997. Uncle Kenny did my film all the way through the 2000s. If there was a comic book that came out, he had done my 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 film separations, my pre-press work. The entire time I worked with Todd's uncle while I was getting hurled rocks and stones. And you want to know why? It's because I didn't comply and I didn't bend the knee and I didn't, you know, uh, run my business the way um, Mr. McFarland outlines in the comics journal. I should have run my business. Steve Jeppy did me a solid. If I haven't said it before, I'm going to say it now. Thank you, sir. Thank you for not allowing... um, them to take over my cash flow in that way and for me to reroute my books and put a different label on them with the same talent and get them to stores and continue my business. I owe Steve Jeppy one of the biggest debts uh, of anybody that I've ever been in business with and I appreciate and am so thankful that he allowed this. And, uh, and and, And it was a wrinkle and it was the first sign that this initiative that they had towards me, this very personal battle was going to be resoundly defeated. And then the Jim Lee, I'm selling my business. I can't have this long lawsuit on my books. Let's get this off as soon as we possibly can. I am certain later that day, interested parties were informed this lawsuit will be removed. You will no longer see a filing with me. It will be dismissed. Crazy business, right? Crazy. That, my friends, is a comic book feud for the ages. Uh, Over the years... Here's the deal. You guys, I don't wish anybody ill. I wish everybody well. I, I'm, I'm glad everybody's doing good. I'm glad that I'm doing good. I'm glad that Eric Larson is cranking, writing, drawing, inking his own comic book for how many freaking issues. I'm glad that Todd has published um, multiple creative teams over multiple years, pushing you know Spawn into the 300s. He's expanding that universe. Um I, I read about it sometimes when I get out into the comic store. I'll absolutely check those comics out. I love everything Mark Silvestri does. I love Wills Portasio, who's really not a part of this. I root for all of the success for Jim Valentino, for Robert Kirkman, um, for, uh, for, for Eric Stevenson. I sympathize with all of the uh, landmines that Jim has to step aside as being a part of DC Comics and their constant upheaval again and again and again all my sympathy uh that can't be an easy job i love doing comics i just want to do comics i just wanted to do comics my way that there was a price to be paid it was this ridiculous dance that we did um i i i I felt like i had some supernatural forces on my side uh in the end as well that that helped me um kind of carry this through what else are you going to say i mean that that you can't line that up you can't line these different, uh, 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 you, you, you can't line all this up and just go, is that a coincidence? All this happened? I, I, I believe, I believe, uh, I was blessed in this situation and, 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 uh, made it out and was able to pursue and, and to move on with my life and my career. And I'm very proud of my work. And again, I wish them all well. I, I wish that this one individual had not had the hard on that he had for me during this time, but he did. And it's part of history, and we recounted it today, and that is just a hell of a comic book feud. Woo! You heard stuff today you never heard before. Period. End of story. This show exists to educate you and to entertain you. And the receipts are always, to quote, bring it on. You got to bring it. Oh, it will be broughten. I have broughten it, okay? Again, that Comics Journal interview, which people can't get a hold of, which I've now promised multiple copies to people because they all want it. It really pulls uh, the curtain back on some ugly accusations and intimations and some d- awful personal, you know, character assassination. But you know what? I've hung and stood and and been in, in the company of Todd and worked with him because I do believe in bygones. Let bygones be bygones. And and these are bygones. They're of a, they're of a different age. They're of a different... Uh, era, but I would be disingenuous to make a series about comic book feuds and not put one of the biggest that ever existed, that ever grabbed the headlines, especially of that era, 
out there. And again, the early era of image when we got along and we were we just enjoyed each other's company and we weren't scolding and we weren't trying to leverage each other was golden. It's golden. And when I go out to these stores in the pandemic, I've gone to different stores. Instead of going to conventions, I've, I've, I've sought out different so stores, made partnership deals with them to, 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 to go to their stores to meet so many of you. And, and, and you guys expressed to me how much you love Image Comics. And Image Comics is coming up on its 30th year, and it's going to be fantastic. And everybody is going to do spectacular, wonderful things to celebrate it and commemorate it. Because what we remember the most of that era is your energy, the energy that you brought to it, the electricity that you guys provided with each and every release. And for me, it was Youngblood, and it was Profit, and it was Bloodstrike, and it was Brigade, and it was Glory, that supreme that first year i was just my, my imagination was just exploding i was having the very best time and obviously all those first year image comics dragon wildcats you know cyberforce spawn shadowhawk I, I i i look at those constantly i remember instantly the energy and the good vibes that they were putting out and that you guys um were supporting in the best possible way thank you again for your time again we're gonna um skip over any reviews today we're gonna get those to when we get back a powerhouse two-parter okay you know the uh, <laughs> uh just what a crazy feud this one was one for the ages thank you for listening thanks for i hope i hope you were entertained as maximus facing the coliseum embodied by Russell Crowe's performance in the award-winning Gladiator, I ask you, were you not entertained? Were you not entertained? I hope you were entertained today. Part one, part two, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, read just from books and magazines and, and gave you some some by, some some play-by-play -play why and how everything worked out. Thank you for hanging with me. Thank you for following me on social media. I am on, on Twitter at Robert Liefeld, the full Robert, formal Robert Liefeld name. It's got a blue check. That's me. On Instagram, I am at Rob Liefeld, R-O-B-L-I-E-F-E-L-D, shorter, at Rob Liefeld, blue check, just the same. That's me. That's me talking to you. I love reading your comments, hearing what you guys have to say, your input, your feedback. Thank you. I am all over face Facebook. I am all over social media. I love talking to you guys. I love interacting with you guys. I love hearing your ideas and I love that you listen to mine. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Hit me with a good review. Hit me um, with with just some positive feedback. I love it. I appreciate it so much. Um, we, we are going to uh, continue in our series of comic book feuds. You never know what you're going to get next. Uh, you know, Stay tuned. The next one will be here before you know it. In the meantime, you are going to take care of yourself. You're going to promise me that. And you're going to stay safe, and we are going to talk again real soon.